I want to just continue with the, the, the story of the Christmas story. And I want to look at the Christmas story through this lens of gifted. And today we're going to look at it through the eyes of the three wise men. We know the story. My title, if you like titles, is What Do Your Gifts Say? What do your gifts say? And, and as I've considered writing this message and preaching it to you guys, I want to stir your thinking. I want, to, I want to encourage you to consider these thoughts and choose not to carry on being the same. The goal for us, surely, is to become more like Jesus, to take a step closer to him, to be a better person today than we were yesterday. We want to be improving. So consider the thoughts I'm going to bring out and say, how, do, how can I apply them to me? How does it stir you to think so that as you apply them, we take a step to being more like Jesus? What do your gifts say? Who knows that gifts play their part in shaping future? When I look at my children and the gifts that Sarah, my wife, and I have given them over the years, we can see that those gifts have played their part in shaping future. When my daughter Evie was young, she showed some real talent in, in, gymnast, in gymnastics. And she joined the gymnastics club, and it was only a, a matter of weeks before they saw that she had some talent, and they approached us and said, you know, if Evie's prepared to put the hours in, we would like to have her in, in our a competition team. And of course, Evie was chuffed the bits and she was going to compete but you know what that, that being in a competition team pr provides pressure you're going to compete they want you to win it's it's not just about the fun anymore you've got to be good and it was a good pressure for Evie to have because it helped develop some of her character but she really became quite good on the beam and uh, so she she did her, her research herself and, and apparently you were able to buy beams that you could have indoors and so there Sarah and I wanting to to celebrate our daughter's prowess and to sew into her we bought her a gift we bought an eight foot beam that, that sat just maybe four or five centimeters off the ground but it enabled her to practice think about an eight foot beam in your house it takes up a whole lot of space so we were really paying some price to sew into our daughter's gift but she practiced I've got to be honest I had a few goes on it have you ever stood on a beam I think they're about four inches wide and, and, and you just try and imagine yourself try, just trying to walk on it and, and then you try and do some sort of jump or, or a spin or something and you're on four inches of beam it's really quite tricky but as Evie practiced at home sometimes she fell but she got better and better and better to the point she was running and leaping and spinning and doing cartwheels and doing flips off of it she was amazing I couldn't do it but she was brilliant but the day came they entered Evie into a competition and do you know what Evie's first ever podium finish was on the beam and so I want to say that the gift we sowed into Evie spoke into her future it positioned her to have that celebratory moment where she got the podium finish it was so so good proud of you Evie you're awesome we had a, an opportunity, we had a, a situation, oh, this is many years ago, Sarah, my wife and I, we were at a point in our financial world where we, we didn't quite have enough, we had some bills coming up and we were like, oh dear, no, we, we're struggling here a little bit. And at that point, and I'm sure many of you have been there, and maybe some of you are, at that point you get a choice. You can get all anxious and worry and lose sleep and fret and keep talking about it, or you can pray. And we looked at each other and said, come on, we believe God is our source and so we got together and we said, Lord, we offer this situation up to you. We've, we've been as wise as we knew how on the journey, but we're coming up short. We're going to give it to you. 
And do you know what? And I'm tell you the truth. The very next day, an envelope was posted through our door. It was a brown envelope. And on the envelope, it said something like this. I can't remember the exact words, but it said something like this. I've had you on my mind. I've been praying for you. And I feel God told me to do this. And that was it. We don't know who, who did it. But we opened up the envelope and there was a thousand pounds cash in that envelope. And I just want to say, if anyone's in a difficult moment right now, the first place you need to get is on your knees and say, God, I need you right now. It's been our testimony. But here's the point I want to make. That gift that someone gave us spoke into our future. Because who knows, Sarah and I's faith levels for provision is at a whole new level now because someone sowed a gift into us. And it showed us that God really has got us. We can read it in his word, but when you get your own testimony, it goes to another level. Our faith levels for finance are a completely different level now because someone gave a gift that spoke into our future. Whoever you are, if you're watching, God bless you. I still don't know, but it was awesome. Gifts speak into future. So let's have a look at this thought process in the story of the wise men, in the Christmas story. Now, I'm only reading one passage today, but it's 12, it's 12 verses, so it's a little bit of a chunk, but it's just going to be one passage. It's here in Matthew 2. And verses 1 through 12, I'll read it to you. (coughs) After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi. And secretly found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen, and where it rose and went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. That's Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. So we know that story. And famously, the wise men brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that seems kind of a bit random until you unpack it. You see, here's the thing. Their gifts spoke about Jesus' future. Gold speaks of royalty and kingship. Frankincense is an incense that speaks of deity. And myrrh is an embalming oil that speaks of death. And I love that Almighty God, time and time again, has this thread in his word of deeper meaning. And it's only as you start to understand the deeper meaning, it adds color and flavor and context and clarity into the whole equation. It's amazing. Jesus arrives as a baby. 
And here these guys bring in these gifts and he receives them and they declare something of his future. You see, he is the king of heaven. He's a baby that came to earth, but he's the king of heaven. And he came to declare his kingdom. And it's a kingdom of peace and a kingdom of righteousness. It's a kingdom of love and joy and provision. It's a kingdom of growth and increase. It's a kingdom of love and hope and future. It's a kingdom of acceptance. And he came with him with an open invitation and he said come and follow me because I'm the king of the kingdom you see our reality guys is that we are spiritual beings I think no matter where you sit in life we all understand there's a spiritual element to all of us and if we can grasp that as spiritual beings there are two kingdoms you could belong to and you belong to one of them and the kingdom you belong to is dictated by who you see as king and so you could be someone who says, you know, I, I, I value the things of the flesh, what feels good to me, what tastes good to me. Uh, you know, I, I want to experience the things of this world and the desires of this world, and that's what's important to me. And that's cool if that's you, but that is king. And so therefore, it, it shows you which kingdom you belong to. Or you could be someone who listens to the teachings of Jesus and says, no, that is so important to me. I want to be selfless. I, I want to, to serve people. I, I want to be um, a, a giving and generous person. I want to be a person of faith and love. And it's, it says something about what's king to you and what kingdom you belong to. For me, Jesus is my king, and therefore I challenge myself daily to become a little bit more like Jesus, a little bit more selfless, a little bit more full of faith, a little bit more taking purity into consideration. That's what's king to me. And so it speaks of the kingdom I belong to. There's the kingdom of this world, and there's the kingdom of heaven. And as spiritual beings, we're in one of them. Gold speaks of his royalty frankincense declares Jesus not of this world you know on the one hand he's fully a person but on the other hand he's the king of heaven come to earth to declare his kingdom and I love this and this for me is what sets Christianity apart from any other faith and there's lots of other faiths out there but Jesus declares himself God Jesus doesn't acknowledge all the other so-called gods they all acknowledge him but Jesus declares himself God. And he says it here in John 8 and 58. He says, before Abraham was born, I am. Now for us, that doesn't maybe mean anything at all. But to the people he was speaking to, they got it. What he was saying is, you're all about Abraham. You're all about the prophets. You're all about, about the rules and the things they wrote. But I was there before. Before he was even born, I am. He's declaring himself God, the great I am. They wanted to stone him. They knew exactly what he was saying. They saw it as blasphemy. Jesus declared himself God, and he's my God. And so frankincense speaks of his deity. He's not just a man. Myrrh speaks of Jesus' mission. He came to earth to overcome death so that anyone who wants to enter his kingdom and making him king has an eternal future with him. He, you see, death couldn't hold him, could it? We know he went to a cross and we know he, he went down, but then death had no hold on him. It lost his sting because he couldn't find fault in him because he was perfect. And he rose again with the keys of life and said, come on church, who's with me? You see, Mer speaks of his mission to die, but that's not where it ended. He rose again with the keys of the kingdom and says, come on, who's with me? It's an open invite, everyone. Choose your king 
and I choose Jesus, it will be the best decision you ever make if you choose Jesus. The wise men saw a star. And, you know, as for me, we've started putting our Christmas decorations up uh, now. I think you're all able to do it. It's, it's December now. I don't think it can be too much debate. It's December now. But we put ours up a, a week ago. And for me, it's one of my things. I have to have a star on top of the tree. I can do all the decorations and all the gumph that goes with it. But Jesus has to be the center of my Christmas. And so one of the things I have is a star. I always like to have a stable scene too. It's one of my things. My children laugh at me. But Jesus needs to be the center. It's him that we're celebrating. That's what it's about for me and he's my king so the the wise men they saw this star and at that point they had a decision to make they could have said oh I I think we've seen that one before is it oh might be a new one I'm not quite sure they might have thought it's just a coincidence they could have looked at it and, and thought nothing of it and the moment could have passed or They could respond. They could get active. They could take the opportunity to do something. They could bring the gifts to release some honor. And they chose. Trouble is, how often do we get a prompt? How often do we see a sign? How often do we get a stirring to do something and then let the moment pass and overthink it? Well, take some tips from the wise men. When you get a prompt, when you see a sign, get active. Get active, make the gesture, present the gift, because you could well be speaking into someone's future. Your small act, whatever it might be, your words, whatever they might be, whatever it is you feel prompted to do, could well be speaking into someone's future. You just don't know. All I know is this, that person, whoever it was who posted that envelope through our front door, must have had a prompting. Because that's not normal. Who goes round posting £1,000 through people's doors? That would be awesome. I'd love to be in a position to do that. But that's not normal, is it? So that means that that person was actually praying and felt in their spirit, God is asking me to do this. And they could have written it off. They could have said, oh, don't be so stupid. What a weird thing to do. I'm not doing that. But they didn't. Just like the wise men, they took the opportunity felt the prompt and moved, saw the sign and moved. And they did, did their gift, they gave their gift, and it's changed Sarah and I's testimony. It's spoken to our future. They could have written it off, but they didn't. So be encouraged as this part of the Christmas story unfolds. If you see a sign, if you get a prompt, act, because you might just be changing someone's future. It might seem nothing to you. It was just a star. But they knew. They knew. And so they acted. And I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, let's even be praying in this moment, Lord, give me some prompts. Give me the opportunity to sow into someone. Give me the opportunity to change someone's world. Give me the opportunity to speak into someone's future. Because I just want to act. I want to, I want to create and burst out of these boxes I found myself in. I want to just bring out this full life all around me. So give me some signs. And then we've got to choose to act. The gifts say something about you. Gold, frankincense, myrrh, bit pricey. But it begs this question, how much is too much to give someone? And this is my take on that. How much is too much? Well, I guess it depends on what your source is. You see, it would be absolute foolishness, maybe, to give so much that you leave yourself in trouble. Now, I don't think there's wisdom in that. But if God prompts you, 
And if God is your source, he will always provide more than enough to be a blessing on every occasion. So when you know it's God, when you get that prompt and something in you saying, yep, act. Don't worry because God's the source and God has more than enough. God's not counting the pennies. God's got more than enough. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's got more than enough for me and more than enough for you. So if God is your source, then you can be bold and therefore there is never too much. But you just need to say, where's my faith at? Where's my next step? If you're going to do something a bit outrageous, maybe it's something where you need to chat to two or three people saying, I felt this prompt. Can you, can you agree with me? Sometimes accountability is really helpful. But hey, steps of faith. Maybe it's time for you to stretch your faith muscle a little bit more and just step out a little bit further. Because how much is too much to speak into someone's future? How much is too much to bless someone? Well, the wise men were kings and they had the source but my king, he's the ultimate source. He is the king of provision. You know, uh, every time we have a guest speaker in our church context, we always take what we call an honorarium at the end. And it's an honor gift. So we, we pass the buckets round and we say that whatever you feel like you want to do, we're going to give this offering to the speaker. And I look at it like this, we are sowing into their future. We are sowing into the, the next message they're going to give. We're sowing into the lives that we transform because the gift on that person's life. When they come and they speak and they open up the scriptures and, and they, they bring inspiration and they bring teaching, it changes lives. And so by taking an honorarium gift, we're saying we are sowing into your future. We want you to be able to do more of it. We want you to go again. We want you to be encouraged. And we're sowing into their future. And so Sarah and I made a decision. We will always, on every occasion, make an offering. When we get a guest minister, whoever it is, we're going to make an offering. And we chat about it and we put it in and we're sowing into their future. There will be people blessed by that person's ministry because we sowed in and we enabled a door to be open for them and we enabled them to, to put food on their table and we enabled them to keep going. It's an honorarium gift. And this is what I consider, and I wonder if you might too, how much do you put in? And I started thinking to myself, how much would I want to receive? Now, I am a preacher. Maybe you are not a preacher. But put yourself in the preacher's place or put yourself in the person who you want to honor's place. How much would you want to receive? And so, therefore, we challenge ourselves and say, oh, that's what I want. Imagine this. Picture this scene. Imagine you all put your, your whatever the amount of money is in. At the end of the service, I get a prompt. And I stand up at the end of the service and say, guys, God's told me, whatever you've put in the offering bucket for that honorarium gift, God's told me to treble it and give it back to you. How much would you have given then? And so it's this challenge. How much is too much? And it depends where your source comes from and how you feel about the person's future. But imagine that. If you'd put in 100 pounds and suddenly you got 300 pounds back, or if you'd put in tenner and you got 30 quid back, or if you put in a pound and got three quid back, or you put in nothing, treble of nothing is nothing. Do you see the difference when you start thinking about sowing into someone's future? It changes how you see the gift. And especially if you start applying it to you, I hope you find that challenging. My goal here is to help us to become a little bit more like Jesus. He's, nothing was too much for Jesus. He'd always go out of his way to sow into someone's future. How about this? We've looked at how much is too much. 
But how about this? How far would you go? When you read the passage we read earlier, all it says is that what the kings came from, the Magi came from the east. It doesn't say they came from this particular location. Now, if you do your study around it, there's various different thoughts. But I think the overwhelming agreement is they would have come from somewhere around Babylon, over in the east. They were kings from the east. Now, when you look on a map, they would have traveled somewhere between six and 800 miles. 600 to 800 miles. And that would have been as a caravan. So basically on camels. They traveled somewhere between six and 800 miles on camels. Let's put a bit of context around that because it's quite hard to imagine. From Land's End to John O'Groats is 600 miles. So that would mean going the entire length of Great Britain on a camel to give a gift. How far is too far? But for these wise men, Distance wasn't the issue. The prompt was the issue. The honor in their heart was the issue. The opportunity to speak into someone's future was the issue. Distance was not an issue. How far would you go to bless someone? How far would you go to honor someone? How far would you go to give a gift that spoke into their future? The wise men didn't put any restrictions on the effort it took to give their gifts to Jesus. Do you remember Jesus teaching? You'll find it in Matthew 25. Whatever you do for the least of these people of mine, you do for me. The wise men were prepared to travel hundreds of miles on a camel to give a gift to Jesus. He was blessed. But what Jesus says is, whatever you do for people, and especially for people who are struggling, it's as if you're doing it for me. So it begs the question, how much is too much to bless someone who's struggling? How far is too far? to bless someone who is struggling because you're speaking into their future. Can you picture someone who's having a really difficult moment in life and you turn up from afar or you turn up with an outrageous blessing? It gives them hope. It speaks into their future. Their spirits are lifted. Suddenly like, wow, God's spoken to someone on my behalf and now I am blessed. How far is too far? We want to become better people. So let's take these challenges on and start taking tips from the wise men. And that's a great title, isn't it? Wisdom says distance isn't an issue. Wisdom says price isn't an issue. Wisdom says, I've got the sign, I'm going to act, and I'm going to sow into someone's future. And I love this about the story. I want to call this a bonus gift, a bonus gift from the wise men. And I think this is a gift we need to grab hold of in our time. And it's the gift of Silence. The bonus gift from the wise men was the gift of silence. King Herod said to them, when you find the baby, come and tell me, because I want to worship him. But they were wise men. And you see what happened? It says they had a dream. God spoke to them in a dream. And they thought, no, his motivation isn't to honor Jesus. His motivation is to harm Jesus because he's a jealous man who carries a jealous spirit who's full of fear that he's going to be usurped. So they didn't go back. They kept their silence. You see, sometimes, guys, everyone doesn't need to know everything. Sometimes silence is the best gift you can give someone. Because if you open up about a situation to someone who's carrying the wrong spirit, it leads to harm. And sometimes the best gift you can give is keeping it stum. We live in a world that loves to talk and know everything. 
but it's not representing Jesus well. You know, Jesus gave us two ears and one mouth. And so often we're supposed to talk half as much as we listen, but so often we speak twice as much as we listen. And it's the world we live in. But the wise men gave a final gift to Jesus, and it was the gift of keeping shtum. I think that's a great gift. And not everyone needs to know all of your business or all of someone else's business. We want to be speaking into people's future. And if our hope is that someone succeeds, sometimes the best thing is to not tell everyone their stuff and allow them to press in to their future. You see, wisdom gives gifts that acknowledge someone's future. Wisdom gave gifts to Jesus that acknowledged his kingship. Wisdom gave gifts to Jesus that acknowledged he's not of this world and he's almighty God. Wisdom gave gifts that spoke of his future and his mission to overcome death on our behalf. What gifts? What gifts? So the question we need to ask ourselves is what do your gifts say? And I love that question. What do your gifts say? My prayer is that as you consider this stuff, it will stir you to look for a prompt. It will stir you to be a bit more generous. It will stir you to go a little bit further. It will stir you to consider what you're doing and how it affects someone's future because your gifts speak into someone's future. And that comes from this wonderful Christmas story where the wise men acted on a prompt and came so far to declare something to Jesus in honor. What do your gifts say? Let me pray for you. Father, I want to thank you for every brilliant person that's tuned into this message. Bless them. Provide for them. Heal them. Give them peace. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd stir each of us right now to not just make a response to a message like this, but to make it a lifestyle where we continually look for signs and prompts to bring blessing, where we continually look for signs and prompts to give things away that speak into someone's future. Let us be people that set each other up. Let us be people that believe in each other and our gifts and create pathways for people to succeed and excel. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that your goodness is chasing us. Thank you that your blessings are overtaking us. Thank you that you're the King of heaven who came to earth to declare your kingdom. Thank you that we are invited into that kingdom. Is today the day, guys, where you say yes to Jesus' invitation into his kingdom? And he came, we've told the story, and he says, follow me. I've made a way. I want you to be at one with my Father again. And being at one with my Father positions you for blessing. It positions you for hope. It positions you for future. It, you're fully accepted. He loves you as you are, but he won't leave you as you are. It's the day that day you say yes to Jesus. But if that's you, I'm going to pray. Come on, pray in your heart. Father God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent Jesus. Today, I answer that call to follow me. And I say, I choose to follow you. Come and live in my heart. You're welcome here. I follow you. Guide me. Help me each day to become a little bit more like you. But I thank you that you love me. And today I declare you as my king. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, 
please get in touch. We'd love to support you and walk this journey out with you. Paper for the rest of us. Come on, be challenged. Come on, could we go a bit further? Could we be a bit more generous? Could we act quicker on the prompts? And could we understand the difference we make as we present our gifts? You're an amazing person.